Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, it was great to be able to worship with you in song and maybe dance as well, if some of you had some space to move around this morning. Um, thank you so much to Nikki for leading us in communion. Um, without knowing it, she kind of linked to a couple of things that um, we're going to be, well, that I'm going to be talking about in a moment. So <clears throat> it's really cool when that happens and when the Holy Spirit lines everything up. Um, before I speak um, and before Mike speaks afterwards, we're just going to take our offering. So the details, I think, should appear on the screen now. Um, so you can have a look through those um, and, and get your offering sorted if you need to do that right now. We'll leave them on the screen for a moment so that you can take a picture of it um, if you need to store it on your phone or do whatever you need to with that. Um, so I'll just, I'll just pray for the offering like we usually do um, and then uh, we'll start with, with our preach. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for, um, for giving your life for us and for all of the abundant provision and blessing that you pour into our lives. Um, the provision of relationships, the provision of finance, the provision of food, homes, friendships. Um, Lord, we just thank you for the blessing that you pour out on us. Um, and we pray for this offering as we give back to you out of the blessings that you've poured out on us, as we give back to you with grateful hearts um, and thankful hearts, Lord, we pray that you would multiply what we give and that it would um, that it would just accomplish huge things for your kingdom. Lord, that these seeds that we sow would grow into um, huge fruit. Just like Mark was um, Mark put on Facebook yesterday or the day before about Bulgaria and how um, the offerings for that have just multiplied into, you know, 12 baptisms and new believers. Lord, we pray that what we're giving now, our regular tithes and offerings, that they would do the same, Lord, that we would see um, that same amazing fruit here. Amen. So thank you, everyone, for your generosity and for giving to the Lord out of the overflow of your hearts. Um, so you might notice that we um, are in somewhere that looks slightly different. We, well, not we really, because Mike doesn't really care about how things look, but I felt like we were letting the side down without any flowers or anything nice in the background. Last time we did church, we just had some curtains behind us, I think. So I want to give a um, public thank you to Rachel Bennions, who posted me this beautiful bouquet in the week, which was um, amazing and very kind of her and really blessed me. And we are all benefiting from the beauty um, of her gift this morning. So um, thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Um, so today we're talking about family. Um, we've kind of planned our preachers separately this morning. So um, we're on the same theme, but we've got different focal points, if that makes sense. So you. you want to pray for me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Just before Flip gives the word, um, Lord, we... Uh... We thank you uh, for this wonderful woman um, and we just ask that you would uh, thank you that she submitted herself to you this morning um, and to be our mouthpiece and just to speak your words out to people. So we just pray um, that the word will come uh, out of her mouth and be clear and be um, mm -hmm. and and really kind of plant seeds and people and bear fruit in the future. So thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks, love. Um, yes, yeah, so... I'm going to be talking about family, and I was planning, I should start my timer just to make sure I don't talk for like an hour, 
I'm sure we've all got lunch cooking or something already. Um, so I'm going to talk about family. Um, I was intending to have my preach printed um, so that I could just really smoothly and easily talk through it. But then both of our printers weren't working this morning um, or last night, in fact. So I'm using a laptop. So if you see me reaching over here and moving around a bit, it's just because I'm trying to scroll through my preach. So I hope that's not too distracting for you. Um, I'm going to take us through a little whistle stop tour, really, of a range of different scriptures about family. Um, just talking about what family is, how we form family together, um, both in our earthly nuclear families, but also as a, as a church family. Um, and I just want to end with a word of encouragement, really, that I think the Holy Spirit has put on my heart um, for those of us who've been serving in families at this time, particularly over the last six months. So I'm just going to start by explaining why we chose to talk about family today and, and why it's our focus. Um, so family is a central theme in scripture. I'm sure we, we all know that. Um, it's central in the way that theology was explained by Paul and um, the writers of the New Testament letters to new Christian believers. Um, family is involved in the instructions that are given to the early church about how to live together practically um, and meaningfully. Um, family is one of the tools that God has always used. We see it throughout scripture. Um, to express his love for his people and to accomplish his, his purposes. Um, it's how God chooses to express his love for us by adopting us into his family. Um, and it's also how he expects us to express our love for one another. Um, so we should have a Bible passage that will come up now, I think. Is it 1 John 4.21? Awesome. Good. I put it in the right order. Um, so 1 John 4.21 says, And he has given us this command... Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Um, and we see this kind of language of, of fatherhood and brothers and sisters and family so often in scripture. Um, 1 John chapter 5, um, just the start of it, goes on to say, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. So we see that there's this underlying theme all the way through scripture, really, and especially in these letters about um, loving one another as brothers and sisters and being part of this bigger family. So that's why we're talking about it today. Um, Mike and I have been thinking about family for a really long time. I mean, there's a very obvious reason, obviously, why we're thinking about family right now um, in terms of nuclear family, but it's really been on our hearts for a few years to reflect upon how we create family as, as the family of Christ. How do, we, um, how do we actually build that and cultivate that with one another? And it's something we've kind of been wrestling with and thinking about and seeking God about. Um, so that's why it was on our hearts this morning as well. Um, so where do we find family in the Bible? Um, it's hard to narrow down specific scriptures because there are so many. Um, some of the scriptures that we're going to look at today are about our relationship to God as family, as sons and daughters. 
Um, other scriptures are advice about how to live as a nuclear family, so things like honour your father and mother. And there are other passages which are about how we relate to one another in church. And I'm going to look at a range of those. There are numerous examples in the Old Testament of Jewish family units, which were used mightily by God. And God used um, the, the house of Israel, the family of Israel, as we know, to accomplish his, his purposes um, before Jesus came. So we see in the Old Testament examples of relationship breakdown. So we see um, Cain and Abel and, and breakdown of familial relationships. We see reconciliation. We see messy families um, made right. If we, if the example that popped into my head was Jacob, um, with with his sons and and the the favoritism and the conflict. We see sacrifice. I always think of Hannah, um, the mother who yearned for a child and then gave her child back to the Lord. Um, we see loyalty. Ruth and Naomi traveling together, committing to one another. We see advocacy when we look at Esther and her uncle Mordecai. Um, and how they um, were instrumental in saving um, the Jewish people. So loads of examples of, of how families are used in the Old Testament. And we also see loads of language about family in um, the prophets. And I, when I was just reading and preparing, particularly Isaiah chapter 66, um, talks about um, Jerusalem being like a mother um, for the people and God um, judging Israel, but then restoring hope. Um, and we also see all those examples I've already mentioned in Paul's letters in the New Testament. So um, family used to instruct the church theologically and practically. But the key starting point, really, that I want to come back to today is John chapter 1, verses 12 to 13, um, which says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, the name of Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Um, so really, our starting point for where we as believers, as members of the church, find family is that we are chosen as children to be adopted into God's family. I need some water and I need to scroll down. Excuse me for a minute, sorry. So that's why we're talking about it. That's where we find family in the Bible. But what actually is family? And this is a huge question. It's one that I'm not going to spend ages on. And I'm sure you will have loads of other stuff that you could add. Um, but I just link, wanted to think about a few parts of what it means to be family and link it to scripture for us this morning. So um, church family is for anybody who believes and acts. So Matthew chapter 12 verses 46 to 50 um, says, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So church family is inclusive for anybody who believes in Jesus and acts. I'm not going to go into that in any more detail. I just wanted to draw your attention to that final verse. 
whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So it's that that faith and that belief together with putting that into practice. Um, that's what makes us part of Jesus's family. Um, what else is family? Family is a safe place for teaching and for training. So Proverbs 22 verse 6 is talking about our, um, our earthly families. It says, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So family, the way that God designed our earthly families to be is that it's where we, we bring up those who are um, less experienced or younger, our children, those who depend on us. Um, we bring them up and teach them and train them, correct them, shape them. We try to um, point them in the right direction. And that's the function of our earthly families, or one of them anyway. Um, family is a safe place for passing on wisdom. Um, and a nuclear family, I believe, is a really good picture of how discipleship might actually look in our church family. Um, I'll talk a bit later about how we can't separate our understanding of earthly family from our understanding of our heavenly family. The two are really intertwined. For us to have a correct and a godly biblical understanding of what it means to be an earthly family um, with our relatives, we need to understand what, um, how God designed our heavenly family to be, how he designed his church to be as family. Um, and so I believe we can, we can bring these two things together and we can, we can look at our heavenly example of what it means to be family and, and transplant that, I guess, into our earthly families. So um, I was thinking about Gabe, who is just over two years old. He turned two in June. Um, he's, I'm trying to teach him how to get dressed because then when the baby comes, I'm hoping he might be able to be a little bit more independent. Although I think it might be a lost cause. I think he's still a bit little, but anyway, I have been trying to teach him how to dress himself. So I was just thinking about this process and how I've done it for him for, or Mike has done it for him many times for a very long time, for two years. Um, but he's been watching He's been absorbing while we've been doing it. He's not passive in any way, shape or form. He is um, always watching, always learning. He's like a sponge. Um, and then now that I think it's time for him to learn how to dress himself, I release him to do small bits of that with me helping him. So this morning, he I put his top over his head and he put his arms through and he could do that himself and then jiggle down his top with a lovely digger on. Um, Soon, once he's cracked those little bits, he will do the process on his own. But with me there watching him, there to help if he needs it. And then eventually he will do it completely on his own and he will be independent. And he will have learnt the whole process by watching, by copying, by practising. And then eventually one day, I hope, he will have his own children and he will teach them how to get dressed. And I was just thinking about this whole process. And that's... To me, that's discipleship. I mean, I know that's with getting dressed, but that's discipleship. Um, and it's a great it's a great way that we can look at something that we do probably by instinct with um, earthly children or nieces or nephews or whoever it might be when we're teaching them things. And actually, that's a really great model for how we might do things um, in church with discipleship and learning and correcting and guiding 
um, one another, which is a really important part of being family. Okay, so, oh, whoops, it's moving a bit quickly. So church is for, church family is for anyone who believes and acts. It's a safe place for teaching and training. Church family is inclusion in something bigger. So Ephesians 2 verse 19 says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, praise God. We are fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So um, family isn't just about the individual. It's about how we fit into something far greater and far bigger. Um, we have equal value with everybody else in the family. We are fellow citizens. Every single one of us here this morning, we're fellow citizens in the family of God. We're um, chosen to be members of his household. Um, although we have equal value, we also have different roles in the same way that we have grandparents. My dad really kindly drove for an hour and 15 minutes this morning to come and look after Gabe so that we could do this. Um, part of his role is to buy chocolate buttons. Um, that isn't something I do, because <laughs> if I did, then Gabe would want them all the time. Um, my point is we all have different roles within our earthly families. We all have different roles within our church family, but we are included and joined into something bigger, um, which is a really beautiful thing. We're no longer far off. We're no longer foreigners, no longer strangers, no longer separate. Um, family is also about receiving our inheritance. So Galatians 4 verses 4 to 7 say, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. And so part of being family is about receiving inheritance. It's about the fullness of what has gone before in our family being handed down. So as the family of God, we are in this river of abundance and um, this this incredible inheritance that um, that is our birthright now that we have been adopted. And I'm sure you'll remember Mark's teaching on this. He did some extensive teaching on it, I think about two years ago, um, where he talked about how our inheritance is received, not achieved. Um, and that has really stuck in my head since then. Great preach, Hannah, Mark. Um, so we, we just receive that inheritance as part of our adoption as sons. And that river, that endless flow of abundant um, inheritance is what we stand in. We were not just redeemed from sin and redeemed from things that had gone wrong. We were redeemed and are redeemed into something, into this family, into this beautiful inheritance. Um, everyone was a slave under the law, or some people obviously still are slaves under the law. Um, but the intention is that all are made children and that all join this family and God's heart is for his family to grow and to expand and to encompass um, people from every tribe and tongue and nation. Um, that's the gospel. So that's part of um, being family. And lastly, um, 
I think I'll miss that scripture from Ephesians 1. I feel like I'm running out of time. Um, <laughs> family is plural. So it involves many people all equally valued, equally loved, equally adopted as sons with that same glorious inheritance. Um, and like I said before, it's the same without earthly families with those different roles. Um, so that's a whistle-stop tour of some scripture about what family actually is. Um, I've got one more little section before I just give a, a word of encouragement and then I am um, finished. So my final kind of question, we've talked about, we've thought about why we're talking about family. We've thought about where we see family in scripture, what family actually is. And now I want to look at how do we form family, either our nuclear family or our church family. It's one thing to say, yes, we're a family, but actually expressing that in a meaningful way is a different thing. So there are, I'm sure, a huge number of ways for us to form family with one another. And these are just a few of, of my ideas. Um, I'm sure there are loads more. Um, so the first one that I've, that I've got is, how do we form family? We pursue unconditional love. Ephesians 5 verses 1 and 2 say, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I really love that phrase about walking in the way of love. Um, that idea that it's like a continuous and constant expression of love and that it's only because it's because God loved, first loved us it's because we are dearly loved children that we can walk in that way we can pursue unconditional love in our relationships with our earthly family but also with one another as church family so this looks like sacrifice it looks like preferring others it looks like sending flowers it looks like cooking meals um when somebody has is, is in a time of, of pressure or busyness. Um, it looks like prayer, coming alongside one another, spending time together. Um, unconditional love expresses itself in so many ways, doesn't it? And we can look to the word for, for God's example to follow that. Um, how else can we form family? We need to put our theological principles into practice and change the way that we treat others based on our theological principles. So have a look at 1 Timothy 5, verses 1 to 2. It says, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. So... Our theological principles of love and kindness and compassion and laying our lives down for those that we love and, and sacrificing, that has practical changes in the way that we speak to people, the way that we see others who are alongside us in our church family. It's not just about um, the belief or the knowing of the scripture. To form family, we have to do something with that and change the way that we treat those in our family. What else must we do? We should care for the vulnerable and the needy amongst us. 
um, watch out for one another spiritually and practically. The rest of 1 Timothy chapter 5, I'm not going to put it up on a slide, but it has specific rules in quite a lot of detail about how the church was required to care for widows um, who were very, very vulnerable. Um, and it also talks about the responsibility to care for our own earthly family. Um, so there's a place for us to care for those who are vulnerable. How else do we form family? We allow our earthly familial relationships to be changed to reflect Christ's design. So like I said earlier, our earthly and our heavenly families, they're not separate. The whole model of family is based on Christ. And Ephesians chapter five, the end kind of chunk, um, and Ephesians six verses one to four, um, really talk about this practically in terms of our earthly families. So Ephesians chapter five starts, well, the end of Ephesians chapter five starts this kind of section by talking about husbands and wives. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and wives submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And then Ephesians six starts by saying, children, obey your parents for this is right. Honour your father and mother so that it may go well with you. Fathers, do not exasperate your, your children. So what we see here in this um, specific teaching about earthly relationships it's all expressed as a mirror image of Christ of how Christ loves the church um, it's all about submission and honour and obedience and teachability um, humility that's these things are key to how we express family both in our earthly nuclear families but also with one another in church how can we how can we submit? How can we be humble? How can we be teachable? How can we honour and lift up one another um, in the same way as Christ loved the church? And I think this is my last bit. Yes, taking time. This is my last, the last thing I thought about in relation to um, how we form family. We take time over it. Isaiah, has Isaiah 66 come up? Love verse 8b lovely this is that passage i was talking about earlier where jerusalem is um referred to as a mother this verse is is in that context it says can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment and just before this verse um the passage is talking about giving birth and how you, you can't give birth before the labor pains you there, there's a there's an there's an order there's um there are things that have to happen for something to be brought to delivery, but God always brings things to the point of delivery and to the point of birth. Um, can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? Some things require time. Um, the labour has to happen, the time has to happen before the delivery. Family takes time to build. It takes time for us to spend with one another, getting to know each other, trusting one another, sharing life, building relationship. That is something that is precious and that we really want to invest in with one another. We can't do it with 150 people all in the same way, but we can do it within church. We can be intentional about building up those relationships and taking the time to do so. I've been talking for nearly 24 minutes. I'm sorry, love. I think I'm lasting a long time. This was supposed to be 15 minutes. 
Sorry, everyone. So that's my kind of whistle-stop tour of scripture and family. And now I want to just turn our focus to our own understanding of family and bring a word of encouragement, which I think is timely and important for a lot of people listening today, including myself, actually. I'm delivering it to myself as well. Um, often our understanding of God's family can reflect our own experience or lack thereof of earthly family so I'm aware that family can be a painful and difficult um, difficult thing for some of us and we all have different experiences of what it means to be part of a family some great some not so great if we understand our relationship as a church family and God's example of family based on our own experiences, we will have a conditional understanding of the love of God, a conditional and lacking understanding of what it means to be part of God's family. Um, it should be the other way around, really, that we that we look first to God and that we look first to his example and his teaching and his word about family and that we allow our own understanding of our experiences and how our family life is working right now, um, whether that's in relation to our extended family, a nuclear family, whether that's um, adopted as part of another family, whatever that looks like, we need to allow God and his word to inform our hearts um, and our understanding of earthly family. Because we are in, it, it's God's intention that we reflect his original design, his original plan and purpose for family, which is beautiful and precious. Um, it's unconditionality, love, faithfulness. Um, and although it's painful and it involves struggle at times, there's this transformation where our earthly families can become like God's example. I think, I don't know if I've expressed that very well. So my encouragement for today, um, I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be a family, to share life together, what it means to parent, how to parent in this season, particularly how to manage change and transition. I'm sure many of you have been thinking about the same things, how to protect, but also release your children um, how to teach and train them. Um, I've been thinking a lot about these things. And I've also been thinking a lot about the challenges of parenting. Um, and so I'm just going to talk about some of the, the challenges and the questions that I've been facing. And I think there might be some people who've been thinking about the same things. So feeling like you've lost yourself. Um, Asking questions like, where are my passions? Where have they gone? Where is my time? Where's my energy? Um, thinking about the unpredictability of life. So how can I manage ever-changing situations and pressures, especially the last six months? Um, I don't have a school-aged child, but I know so many of you do. Like, how do I homeschool and work and provide and find space to reflect and do all of these things do I measure up am I getting it right 
Am I parenting well? Is my child happy? Is my child healthy? Is my family secure? It can be overwhelming and confusing. And I think particularly in this season, um, families have had to adapt significantly. And that has been um, a challenge and potentially overwhelming for lots of families. Um, so I just wanted to publicly recognise, um, well, those feelings in myself. Um, but I also wanted to recognise that those might be things that some of you are feeling. And I wanted to honour you this morning. Um, and I believe this is from the spirit. Um, honour is public recognition and celebration of someone or something. Um, and I wanted to honour today um, everybody who has been serving their family. Um, and by this, I mean your earthly family. And that could be, um, it could be children like I've talked about. The reason why I'm focusing on that is because it's my immediate experience. Um, but it could look like many, many things. Caring for someone who is vulnerable or elderly. Um, actually bringing someone into your family who didn't have their own. Um, maybe you are someone who's been brought into somebody else's family and really benefited from that and been blessed by that. Um, I want to honour those of you who have been serving in quiet and unseen places, um, particularly carers and parents this morning, along with others. I want to um, honour you because family life often takes place behind closed doors and we don't um, always see the um, the things that people do in their own homes with their own family. Um, but I really believe that our family is one of the it's, the... it's the primary responsibility that God gives us is to shepherd and to teach and to love our family. Um, and so I want to honour those of you who've persisted in the quiet places, those of you who are constantly preferring others' needs, those of you who constantly... Put yourself at the back of the queue. I want to honour you and say well done. I want to honour those of you who've been um, cooking and cleaning and shopping for other people and serving and grafting and working and just chipping away bit by bit. I want to honour you. Well done for your service. You're the least of the things that you the things that you do for the least of these you do for Jesus. Um, I want to honour everyone who sacrifices and commits to their family day in and day out. I want to honour parents for the love and the energy that you pour out for your children. I want to honour not just physical mothers and fathers, but the spiritual mothers and fathers who um, serve and reflect the heart of God to the children that they are uh, discipling. I want to honour you for championing and training and releasing your children um, and seeking to do it with wisdom. Um, I want to honour you for protecting and shepherding your families. And I, I just feel a great weight of um, just how important and precious this work is and how it's easy to feel like you're doing nothing because it's just your day to day. And you're just going from A to B. But it is not nothing. It is precious, precious work given to you by God. And he sees 
um, and I, I honour you for your commitment and your sacrifice and your service to your family this morning. So be encouraged, faith life, be encouraged, everyone who serves in whatever capacity, who serves your family. Um, yeah, I just want to bless you and I want to pray for you. Um, yeah, let me pray. Lord, we just thank you for the gift of family. I thank you so much that you have adopted us as sons, that we have an inheritance. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us your word to teach us how to be family with one another and also with our earthly families. Lord, we want to learn. We want to grow. We want to put family into practice and grow those relationships um, more and more and more deeply. Um, I just pray for all of us with our families this morning, Lord, that you would... Um, we just thank you for your encouragement, Holy Spirit. We thank you for lifting up our hearts and reminding us of the beauty of family and the importance of what we do and how we serve at home. Um, we just want to honour you, Lord, in the way that we relate to our earthly families and we want to honour you in the way that we relate to one another as your church family. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay. Should we do a song? We're just discussing because I've eaten up far too much time and Mike has prepared an awesome preach. Um, but we're thinking that we don't have time. So, should we do a song? I can't think of a song. Does anyone, if anyone has a song that you'd like to sing, pop it in the comments and we'll see if we can just do it. Um, should we just finish? Okay. We're a little bit early, but we'll finish there for today. Um, but thank you for joining us. Thank you for, um, for spending this morning with us. We hope that you've been blessed by this, by this time. Have a great week. Um, and as usual, there'll be worship in the week. So you can join us on Tuesday at half eight and Paul and Sue's on Wednesday at 6.45. Um, and I believe an email will probably come out at some point in the week about when our, um, our life groups and everything restart on Zoom. So yeah, take care of yourselves, have a wonderful week, and we will see you soon. <laughs>